time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, innate legal rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Well, we are less than a week away from Election Day. That is when we will all find out just how much apathy and special interest money sways elections. Apathy in the form of not voting or the apathy of voting strictly along party lines. I'm going to break from the usual close of each episode with wisdom from God's word by using more wisdom that ties in with the theme today, follow the money. This bit of wisdom comes to us from Matthew 6:24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If you follow the money, ladies and gentlemen, you will know just how true those words apply to elected officials in our state and in our nation. Brandon Lewis and his awesome team of individuals at the Tennessee Conservative News are putting together a Follow the Money report in the coming months that will help to expose this issue. It will expose how the people elected to serve the interests of their constituents have chosen which master to follow. Their Follow the Money report will show how they have been corrupted by special interests political action committee, political party, and corporate money, and how they are no longer servant leaders for their districts. I recently posted something on my blog that definitely shows how apathy has gripped the electorate. If you did not read the blog post, I will recap here what I wrote about. I described a conversation that I had with a lady at the inaugural meeting of the East Tennessee Conservatives. This lady came up to me after the meeting concluded to ask me some questions. Because during the meeting, the leadership team of the East Tennessee Conservatives introduced me as an independent, constitutional, conservative candidate for elected office in East Tennessee. This lady wanted to find out more about me and the positions I would take and policies that I would advocate for once elected to office. We spoke for a few minutes, and after finding out that I am running to represent District 12, She asked which part of Sevier County that is. She, like many other voters, are unaware of the political subdivisions at the county, state, and federal level. I have encountered many voters across Sevier County that confuse their county commissioner district with the state House of Representatives district. These voters typically only look for the candidate with an R or a D after their name on the ballot, and then they vote accordingly. After I asked her where in Sevier County she lived, She informed me that she lived in Seymour, 
and inquired if that was part of District 12. As many of the listeners here know, as well as those that follow me on social media, Seymour is definitely in District 12. I'm not entirely sure of this fact, but I believe Seymour is one of the most populated parts of the district, especially because of the growth I have witnessed here since retiring to the area in 2017. In fact, I inquired about that data and will let the listeners to the podcast know when I get an answer. I will also share that information on my website and social media pages. But getting back to this kind lady, though, after discovering that she lived in the district I am running to represent in the General Assembly, she informed me she had made a mistake in her voting. You see, she did what so many people do every election cycle. She voted strictly along party lines. And like I said, she's not alone. Many conservatives vote strictly for the candidate with an R after the name on the ballot. The GOP, statewide and nationally, count on this type of voter apathy. Now, by contrast, though, I was talking to another gentleman at my church this past weekend. Now, there are some members of my church that know I am running for office, and they have offered me words of support throughout this campaign. It's not well known because I don't want to do anything to hinder the church's 501c3 status by involving them in my campaign. But this gentleman came up to me and told me that he was initially confused by the fact that I was running as an independent. But, and this is the important, very crucial, but, he said he investigated why I was running as an independent and he cast his vote for me during early voting. This is what conservatives, heck, almost all voters, fail to do. And it has resulted in keeping the same old, same old in elected office. The GOP has taken for granted that the conservative movement believes that it is best represented by the Republican Party. That may have been true in the past, but it is not a universal truth anymore. There are a few specific examples we can point to here in Tennessee that give lie to the premise that conservatives are at home in the state GOP. I've spoken of these before, but let's run down some of them again in this episode of Lies, and how it ties into following the money. The listeners to this podcast, especially here in Tennessee, need to share this information with other conservatives. Investigate the legislation proposed by members of the GOP or killed by members of the GOP in their state legislatures. If it doesn't make sense conservatively, look into who is donating money to those members of the GOP that do that. In other words... You have to follow the money. Speaking of checking out the campaign donations to elected officials, I had to file my pre-election day campaign finance report. After I put mine together, I then looked at my rival's report for the same period, as well as his last quarter's report. Wow. Just wow. There is definitely a dollar amount disparity in these reports. My tiny campaign war chest as compared to the incumbents. I encourage you all to do your own bit of investigation. Some of the donors to my rival's campaign would open a lot of people's eyes, especially to those that are opposed to gambling here in the state of Tennessee. It's bad enough that we have all of those commercials for online betting on our televisions. Yes, even the streaming services are targeting people here in Tennessee. The Sports Betting Alliance out of Alexandria, Virginia has contributed more in one donation to my rival's campaign than the totality of my donations put together. All I can say about that is this. 
Should I lose this election, watch what direction my rival takes with regards to sports betting, or maybe even a casino. What is he going to be advocating for here in the near future? Not to mention all of the real estate developer packs. Look at the unplanned growth that is happening all over Sevier County. But that's just wow. Pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. If you follow the money, you will find the reason behind the actions of many of the elected members of our General Assembly. The same thing applies to you in states outside of Tennessee. When you do follow the money, you will find which master that elected official is serving. Does yours or mine or everybody else's representative's legislative history demonstrate that they are serving the people that put them in that position of special trust? The position whose primary function is to secure the liberty of the people? Or does their legislative history demonstrate they are serving the moneyed interest in their states or even outside of their states? The moneyed interest of big money donors, corporations, unions, special interests, or the political party that has principles as firm as Plato? Here are just a few examples in Tennessee. In 2021, the GOP members of the General Assembly killed a bill that would have prevented the child mutilation and drug treatments that were happening to minors at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Remember, members of the GOP and the General Assembly were outraged recently that they found out about this after a prominent conservative journalist exposed it just a few weeks ago. They weren't outraged, though, because they just found out about it. They were outraged because their constituents were outraged. These elected officials had known or should have known that this was going on for quite some time. How do we know that? Well, that operation started at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in 2018 to much fanfare in the community that performs and prefers these mutilations be performed on children. Oh, and there was a bill as recent as last year that was introduced to put a stop to that evil activity. But it failed. In other words, they, the members of our General Assembly, lied to us all about their outrage, and they were serving the master that is the big money operation, the industry that is euphemistically called gender-affirming care. And they were serving the money it brings into these organizations. How about our representative's responsibility to prevent illegal immigration here in Tennessee? Preventing illegal immigration not only serves the citizens of Tennessee, but it also serves to slow or prevent further illegal immigration. Illegal immigration is a cesspool of human and drug trafficking, and if any elected official were truly intent on stopping it here in Tennessee, they would. Many policies and programs here in Tennessee serve as a magnet and system of rewards for illegal immigration. That was even one of Governor Bill Lee's 10 for 10 promises that he had when he was running for office in 2018. By the way, those campaign promises that he dubbed as his contract with us Tennesseans disappeared from his website shortly after he won the election. But in his 10 for 10 Tackling illegal immigration was number 10 on the list. Specifically, this item stated that as governor, 
Bill Lee would enforce the rule of law on immigration. Sanctuary cities are by definition lawlessness, that they would not happen on his watch, nor would he allow for any new benefits to be created to support illegal immigration. Well, we now know that Governor Lee approved the covert opening of an illegal immigration center in Chattanooga. It was at this center that illegal immigrant children were molested and then lost in the system. Support centers such as these serve as magnets for illegal immigrants to come to our state, and it incentivizes more and more of that illegal immigration to happen in our state. Additionally, Governor Lee also opened the door for people in the country illegally to come to Tennessee and get a professional license. He signed the legislation into law that makes that possible. What happens when you follow the money on that situation? You will find big money donors that prefer the cheap labor that illegal immigrants provide. They are the ones behind action like that from our elected officials. The humanitarian disaster it is causing all over the country be damned. Governor Lee's position on illegal immigration, at least behind the scenes, and the lies that he and the rest of the GOP told us about it, expose which master he and they serve. And it is definitely not the people of Tennessee. Also on Governor Lee's 10 for 10 list was that he would defend our founding principles. He promised to work to preserve our First Amendment constitutional protections of religious liberty. That is, unless, of course, there is an outbreak of a virus with a greater than 99% survival rate. Then, he will allow himself, in addition to unelected bureaucrats across the state, shut down places of worship. But, they would allow big box stores, among other things, that have zero to do with religious freedom to stay open. How is that preserving our First Amendment constitutional protections of religious liberty? It was because of the money of the big box stores and the corporations and these other institutions that had nothing to do with religious liberty. Their money outweighed our liberty. How about the issue of school choice right here in Tennessee? Every bill that sought to advance school choice here in the volunteer state was killed in committee. Committees with Republican supermajorities. Why is that, you wonder? Well, again, follow the money. Also rearing its ugly head through the pandemic, and even now, is what happens when the government picks winners and losers in the marketplace. The winners look to be Ford Motor Company, the Tennessee Titans, the vaccine manufacturers, the federal government, and based upon recent news, the computer technology company Oracle. We've discussed the nearly billion-dollar giveaway to Ford on this program before, as well as the taxpayer-funded Tennessee Titans' new stadium in Nashville. But have you heard about what is going on with the company Oracle here in our state? In September of last year, there were news reports that cited an agreement between Tennessee and Oracle where the state would pay Before I go any further, I just love that term. The state agrees to pay. Remember, governments do not make money. They don't make a profit, period, end of story. That is just another lie that the electorate has bought into hook, line, and sinker for generations now. 
Governments do not turn a profit. The only thing they can do with money is redistribute it from the taxpayers to any other entity. Government is supposed to use the tax money revenue it receives from the citizens to secure the people's liberty, not gamble it, which is exactly what it does when government picks the winners and losers in the private market. Anyway, back to the recent news about Oracle. September 2021, the government of Tennessee agreed to pay Oracle $65 million for a Nashville relocation plan. Oracle's move to Tennessee made headlines earlier in 2021 when the business agreed to invest more than a billion dollars in a new campus of office spaces along the Cumberland River in Nashville. The $65 million of taxpayer money, reported as a grant from the state funding board, was an agreement between government and the company to offset costs that a company usually incurs when expanding or relocating a business. Well, that's how I describe it. It's an agreement between a government and a private company. That isn't how it is reported, though, and that's on purpose. It is reported as an agreement between the state of Tennessee, implying that the Tennesseans had a say in it, and a private company. We, the people of Tennessee, were not included in any of those talks. Some elected officials whose pockets are lined with corporate and special interest money along with a group of unelected bureaucrats in the Tennessee State Funding Board and the private company itself came to this agreement. The State Funding Board is led by the Office of the Comptroller of the State of Tennessee, a position that is elected, meaning selected, by the members of the General Assembly to serve a two-year term. Gee, how bad can that be, right? Paid for politicians electing a person that is responsible to ensure that state and local financial integrity is upheld, that taxes are accounted for, and that proceeds are spent as authorized by the General Assembly. That's a circular money firing squad, don't you think? So whenever you hear reports about an agreement between the state of Tennessee and any private company, keep that in mind. We, the people, are only involved in the periphery of that, mainly through the apathetic electing of people to the General Assembly. There is nothing so well designed to take away the citizens' money than the government we apathetically let get elected. The General Assembly gets to pick who they want to be in the position of accounting for taxes and the spending of our tax dollars. Anyway, Let's get back to Oracle receiving taxpayer money in the form of a grant. Reports are out there that Oracle is now laying off people in Nashville. Instead of expanding in Nashville, the company that received our tax money in the form of a grant, remember grants are not loans, they don't have to be paid back, Oracle now seems to be contracting instead of expanding. The opposite of what the grant paid for. So, an unelected board appointed by a General Assembly that serves the wrong master, in our name gambled in the private sector to pick a winner. And in picking a winner, the taxpayers of this state ended up as the loser. I wonder who in the General Assembly received political donations from Oracle. I wonder if any member of the state funding board was heavily lobbied 
prior to them giving the green light to grant Oracle the taxpayers' sweat equity? We all know the answer to that. And this brings me back to my rival in the campaign, though. Look up his campaign donations, as well as his campaign expenditures. I've posted a link on my social media and the website. You should look his up just as much as you should look mine up. Just as you should look up any elected official's campaign finances. Then, you have to ask them the questions. Like, if you raised over $60,000 for your campaign and spent less than $4,000 on advertising, what happens to the remaining thousands of dollars? Does it get spent as donations or contributions to other candidates and political action committees? Sometimes it does. At least by my rival, it does. Sounds a bit like money laundering to me. How about you? Full disclosure here, I have donated money to candidates and conservative organizations since I entered this race and for many years prior to this race. Let me tell you this though, I have never used any of the donations I received to do that. The donations I received from my campaign have been spent only on my campaign. I mean, that is the reason people entrusted me with their donation, to see me get elected, not so that I could turn around and support other politicians or political action committees or special interests with the money they gave me. Sorry, I got squirreled there again. It's just that I am flabbergasted by the vast sums of money my rival has raised during this election as compared to the very little he has spent on his campaign here in Sevier County. So please... Please, please, follow the money, ladies and gentlemen. Find out what master these elected officials serve. Let's get back to the General Assembly as a whole. And if the state GOP is truly a home for conservatives in the volunteer state, the recent acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk, who, by the way, is definitely not a conservative. Rather, he's a classical liberal and self-described free speech absolutists. But this purchase has actually revealed something very telling. A private citizen, albeit he's the wealthiest person in the world, did something for free speech that our elected officials should have done a long time ago. That is the protection of the new public square for the expression of all ideas and voices. Our General Assembly had the chance to end social media censorship here in Tennessee. The members of the GOP and the General Assembly killed the funding for that bill. It would have cost a fraction of what they wasted or gambled on Ford, the Tennessee Titans, and the grant for Oracle. The price tag for that bill was roughly $100,000 as opposed to the millions or billions spent propping up the censorship regimes in social media. You see, conservatives do not try to shut down debate because conservative ideals win in the arena of facts and logic. That's why we are advocates of free speech. The other side, meaning the communists, don't forget the rhinos here, they will stop at nothing to silence opposing voices. Stopping at nothing includes lobbying members of the party that is supposed to protect free speech in order to prevent their censorship. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our GOP supermajority has proven that it is not a home for the conservative movement here in Tennessee. 
These politicians and party leaders are addicted to money in all of its various forms. Their masters are federal money, corporate money, PAC money, lobbyist-controlled money, and even state-funded lobbyist money. Because those masters pay them well to stay in their positions of power, influence, and control. The politicians have chosen them as the winner in the arena of self-governance. That means that the citizens end up being the losers. Always, always, always follow the money. With that, ladies and gentlemen, when I join you on the next full episode of this podcast, it will either be as a representative-elect for the Tennessee House of Representatives 12th District or not. Either way, I will continue to provide you all the information and encouragement to participate in our system of self-governance. Citizenship in a republic demands that we all take an active role in ensuring government no longer exceeds its constitutional limitations. In closing, this week's wisdom from God's Word comes to us from Proverbs 38. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Falsehoods and lies come to us daily from the people that are elected to represent us. Elected through apathy. The biggest falsehood we all need to wake up to is the fact that Nashville and Washington, D.C. no longer represent us. The people are no longer their masters. Money is their masters. They no longer fear or respect the voters in this country. The ruling elite, the new aristocracy, has taken our apathy to its logical conclusion. And they will continue to do that as well. The logical conclusion is that they will remain in their positions as long as apathy grips the electorate. They will work hard to perpetuate the apathy as well as the fighting amongst ourselves by dividing us all into their preferred camps of people. It is time for the people to wake up and realize that there are only two camps of people in our republic right now. We the people in one camp and the usurpers of liberty in our states and our nation's capitals in the other. The usurpers are funded by corporate PAC and special interest money because it benefits them. It doesn't benefit the citizens. The citizens, we the people, we just want our daily bread and the chance to be successful by our own merits, to make a better life for our future generations. Our own merits that will provide us riches or poverty, but on our own terms. When government is allowed to pick winners and losers with the only input coming from those moneyed interests, the people become the losers and the ruling elite with their supporters are the winners. Something our founding fathers never envisioned when they set up a nation where the citizens were the sovereign. There is less than one week to go for the many people to take that stand in the arena. For those that have not voted early, there is still time to investigate the candidates. There are some races out there where the choice is only between members of the two political parties. So vote your conscience. Don't vote your party. We must all do our due diligence before we vote. 
investigate the candidates, follow the money, ask yourselves why they are lying to you. For Tennessee, where there are constitutional amendments on the ballot, the same thing must be done. Due diligence in following the money. Look into who benefits from these amendments. Because when we allow government to pick winners and losers, at least this has been the case for a few generations now, when government picks winners and losers, almost invariably the citizens and our liberty are the losers in those contests. Our constitutions, both the state and the federal one, are meant to limit government. When amendments are proposed that limit people, we all lose. We'll either lose some of our freedom or we'll lose some of our sweat equity. This cannot be allowed to stand anymore. I pray that you all decide to take a stand in the arena this election cycle. And for you voters here in Sevier County, I humbly ask that you decide to take a stand in the arena with me so that you and I can remind Nashville that it works for the people and not the other way around. That it works for the citizens instead of moneyed interests. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.